Oh, if only change were always possible to plan and to predict, but of course it's not. So what do we do when the unexpected happens? On this week's episode, Succeeding Through Unexpected Change. This is Coaching for Leaders, episode number 99. Produced by Innovate Learning, maximizing human potential. Greetings, everyone, from Orange County, California. This is Coaching for Leaders, and I'm your host, Dave Stahoviak. This is a weekly coaching show to help people be better leaders through improved communications, human relations, and personal productivity. And this week, we're looking at change. This is the third of three shows in the series of Reinventing Ourselves. And of course, any conversation about reinventing ourselves can't possibly ignore the unexpected because many times the reason we find ourselves wanting to reinvent ourselves is because some sort of major change has happened in our lives, either something career-wise, personal-wise, and in some cases, maybe even both at the same time or in very short succession. And that's a time when many of us turn inward and start to look at what can we do to reinvent ourselves. And I am so excited this week to welcome a friend and a colleague who I've worked with and known for many, many years and has really become a dear friend of mine, Nancy Santarelli, who has been through some unexpected change, both personally and professionally, over the last decade in her life. And uh, and I've heard her story many times and, and watched her story over the years. And so I'm really excited to be able to share her story with you today in just a moment. Before I jump into the interview with her, just a reminder that next week is episode number 100, and I would love you to be part of that episode. I have so many contributions already, so thank you for everyone who's already reached out to me. If I haven't already gotten back to you, I'm so excited to be able to feature so many of you in episode number 100. However, there are spots left, and I would love to be able to feature you as well. So stick around at the end of the episode for information on how you can submit your contribution for episode 100. And that's uh, that's just, uh, the deadline is just a few days away uh, on August 1st, 2013 here. So you've got a few days yet to get it in. So stick around at the end of the episode for information on how to do that. Now here's my conversation with Nancy. I'm really excited to welcome my guest this week. And one of the great pleasures that I get in uh, producing the show each week is that I get to invite people in who are dear friends of mine, who I've known for many years and have just been wonderful blessings in my life. And my guest today is someone who, in addition to having been a colleague for many years, is a dear friend. And so I'm really excited to welcome my guest, Nancy Santarelli. Nancy and I have worked together on many projects and programs at Dale Carnegie over the years. Uh, Nancy is a vi- the uh, vice president of Dale Carnegie of Southern Los Angeles. And uh, and in addition to that, she has been a wonderful friend. And Nancy also has been through many changes in her life and her career, particularly in the last 10 to 15 years. And so when I was putting together this show, uh, this show series on reinventing ourselves, the topic of succeeding through unexpected change came up. And as I was thinking, who would be someone (laughs) that I'd love to talk to who would have some wonderful lessons for all of us? Nancy Santarelli is the person I thought of. (laughs) Nancy, I'm so glad that you're here on the show with me. Thank you, Dave. I, uh, I, so I thought maybe, you know, we could give the audience a little background here. Um, You know, you and I have known each other for now 
10 years, right? Yes, Almost isn't a it long crazy? Time. I I've it's it's amazing to me this amount of time has gone by. And so um you've been working at Dale Carnegie during that time, but prior to that, actually just prior to when I started my work with Dale Carnegie, uh you had some pretty big tra- change and transitions that happened. So um I thought maybe it'd be fun to go back and just talk about some of the things you've uh, you've experienced in your life, and maybe you can even take us back to how you started in your first career. Oh sure, because um, you're you, you like me are from the Midwest, which means you're a cool <laughs> cat. <laughs> so um, you started off in in Ohio. Yes, yes, I um, grew up in a in a small town in Ohio, and uh, did all of my education back there. But um, didn't want to settle. Uh, I, I got my bachelor's and my master's in an area of communication. And, but in the back of my mind, ever since I was a young, young girl, I wanted to experience the airline industry. Not so much because I wanted to travel. I just felt a little sheltered back there. But I wanted to engage with people who had different cultures and backgrounds and experiences. And Oh, neat. So, I didn't know that was a dream even when you were a little girl of oh, yeah. working with the airlines. Always talked about it, even though I wanted to get my education first. So. Yeah, yeah. And did your did your family know about that as one of your dreams and that you would do that or it's suspected you do that? Well, actually, they did because when I got transferred uh, and got in with the airlines, they actually um, put it in the newspapers. So they were they were very excited because they knew how much it meant to me. Oh, cool. Cool. So you had this feeling that you always wanted to get, but you didn't. You didn't really focus your education around that because you got your master's degree in in speech communication, didn't you? Or uh, yes, uh, originally uh, I love working with children, so um, I got a master's in speech pathology and worked with children for for quite a few years, and then um, and while I was working, I started interviewing for airline companies, and mm. I would go away on the weekend for an interview and come back. And then finally, um, I launched, I started out with Western Airlines and got based in California. I got accepted with Western and it was just very exciting experience for me. And, um, and that's what started my career. And, um, and then that led to, I started out as a, as a flight attendant and then, um, I loved doing a lot of special promotions, and I thought I was going to go into marketing when uh, I had a, a guidance person who guided me uh, who said, you know, you'd really be good in management. Mm-hmm. So that led me into uh, getting becoming a supervisor, and I started as a supervisor, and then that led to um, becoming a manager of InFlight and just love, love learning uh, the leadership roles. And you moved up through the organization and eventually you found yourself in a role that you have told me many times was just your dream job. It was, <laughs> and it, it, so I, I tell us about the role because it just, it just sounds so neat to me. It was so exciting. In about 1999, the airlines did a complete restructure and reorganization and they created these new roles. And one of the roles they created was, um, I was still in the umbrella of in-flight was, was a learning manager role. Mm. And they only created five positions within the whole, whole company throughout the country. And it was so exciting to get this new role. And the five of us throughout the country were developing assessment tools for the leaders. And those assessment tools were going to lead to implementing brand new training programs throughout. And so um, I had only been in that role for, I'd say, 
a little under a year. Yeah. And we were halfway through our goal, and then nine eleven hit, and um, that. What was because you you were working for an airline on nine eleven? Yes. What was that day like? I, it was probably <laughs> probably one of the most um, worst days of my career. I mean, it was just the. I mean, for the whole world, but especially in the airline industry, it was even closer to home. And um, I'll just never forget that day. They had sent me home. And um, throughout the next two or three weeks, we had, you know, guidance counselors and people to get us all through the process. But once all that even died down, then they started another reorganization, which eliminated that position. And that was also very, very painful and um, a very hard change for me. You had this dream job that you loved mm-hmm. and doing a lot of the things you love to do. And then almost like that, I know within a very short period of time, it was it was gone. It was, and it was a very difficult year because um, I had to be put in another position. I wasn't uh, as happy because I wanted to be in learning. Mm. And I remember taking the Dal Carnegie course to help me become a better uh, supervisor, which um which was seven years prior, and I had gone to the Dell Carnegie franchise owner and asked if he could give me some guidance because the learning took place in Atlanta, and I didn't want to leave uh, California. And he said, come back and be a, a coach for us because uh, um, I had never had that opportunity to do that when I took the course because I was too busy in my role in the airlines. And for those who may not be familiar, uh, Dale Carnegie does programs and they have people come back as graduate coaches just as a volunteer sure. capacity to help mm-hmm. out people who are going through the class for the first time. So you sounds like you took up on that took him up on that opportunity. Yes, to do I, that. I took him up on that opportunity and I became a graduate coach and then he'd asked me to go on to be an instructor, so I was in the process of becoming an instructor, still working with the airlines and then yeah. um then all of a sudden I got a phone call from him one day saying there was um a person who um was a, a representative for Dell Carnegie for an aerospace company and she had uh, moved on. And he said, this would be perfect for you. And I thought, wow, I never thought in my life I'd be leaving the airline industry. It was just shocking for me to even think about that because I thought this is the company I'm going to retire with and be there to the end. And then when he gave me this opportunity, I thought, wow, um, this could be really exciting. Um, So I... um, juggled a couple of things. I was able to take a leave of absence from the airline industry and, mm. and try on this new role. And it was very scary because I was in a salaried position, felt pretty secure. And then I was going to a company that was not salaried and a brand new uh, position and role that I had not been in before. So verse, you had that kind of you know, nothing's guaranteed, but you had that regular paycheck, of course, right for your whole career. And then all of a sudden, moving on to a role where you had to basically, you know, find your own business, find your own clients, and uh, and were paid on commission and how much business you brought into the company. Yeah, and I remember having a lot of sleepless nights over the transition because it was yeah. just it was unexpected, but at the same time, I I I wanted to embrace this opportunity, and and what helped me through that was having a few really mentors in my life who gave me a lot of encouragement and um, helped me believe in myself that I could make this transition. Uh, 
And I know you mentioned, um, you've mentioned to me many times, the skill set was really different. So even though it seemed like, you know, on the face of it, like being a learning manager in one company and then coming to a company that does learning and training seems similar, but that the roles were really totally different. Completely different. Even though I did a lot of presentations in, in my learning manager role, they were more one-way streets, one-way presentations. Uh, when you get into a training company, you're learning to train from a facilitation standpoint. So that's a two-way conversation. Yeah, And that was a big learning curve for me because those were skill sets that even though I was in a manager role, I, I didn't really receive those. So I had a lot of learning to do and a lot of stepping out of that comfort zone and crossing over those skills. But once I was able to accomplish and gain more of those skills, I felt very uh, grateful for that. You said that fear was something that came into your thinking a lot those days of some sleepless nights. Tell me more about the fear you walked through at that time. Sure. Um, what happens when we go through change is the reason why it's so hard is because it takes a lot of effort and we're not sure that things are really going to work out at the end. And because of that uncertainty, it produces fear and anxiety and uncertainty. And, um, but I realized that people believed in me. And I, I remember mm. this acronym um, that I learned. It was what fear stood for. It was, you can either forget everything and run, F-E-A-R, or face everything and rise, F-E-A-R. Uh, so I, I nice. chose to uh, listen to my mentors. And um, I chose to take this path because I thought, you know, something is bound uh, um is bound to be good about this. So, um, what did your mentors tell you at the time that was really helpful to you in this transition process? Well, the franchise owner at the time, who was just um, a wonderful mentor and teacher to me, uh, knew that I had these skills from an airline company and I had experienced reorganizations and I experienced mergers and acquisitions and I really had a lot of corporate experience. And even though I didn't have the facilitation experience, he felt that that knowledge could really help me be a uh, valuable coach to corporations and uh, managers and employees who are also going through similar changes. Oh, got it, got it. So, and 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 it did. Uh, it, it enabled me to really um, coach people that were going through a lot of similar changes. And then as I was able to then bridge through the facilitation skills, then the two seemed to mesh together. And it gave me a very rewarding career as I, um, as I you know, um, had my experiences through the years. It's amazing how good leaders and mentors is. Sometimes they see those connections right. that we don't see. Isn't it great when someone can do that for us? Um, you know, just see how something that seems totally unrelated that, that that experience and then be able to tie that into something new and to help us to bridge that path. It's just so neat to see that. I think that it's a wonderful skill to help people see things that they can't see. And that's, um, that's what I do a lot now in, in my coaching to help people without self-confidence. And uh, one of the teachings that, that I um, enjoy a lot is learn, reading a lot about Leo Biscaglia and Deepak Chopra. Mm. And they have said that the, the way to success, whether we're interpersonal, financial, or spiritual, is when we have this application of hope. And what I mean by that is it's not hope for wishing for material possessions, but it's having that courageous 
gut feeling that this there's a reason for this that's happening and it's going to work out. I just can't give up and I got to give it a chance. So I think it's with that, you know, persistence and focus and patience that it ends up that change ends up being a benefit in the long run. And so you walked through this huge change, different career, totally different how you got paid, the skill sets you were doing. Was there a point where you woke up one day and said, okay, I got this. <laughs> Did that ever happen? Or was it gradual? Or It was gradual, but uh, the more aha moments that I had, yeah. the more motivating it was to really succeed in this role. And the more I saw myself helping others through change, mm. the more I realized this was really right. And um, what's what's one of those times that something or someone or somehow you were able to influence a client or a situation that that you remember now as as a time when you really thought, yeah, that's I'm in, I'm doing the right thing or I'm in the right place. I just remember a time when I was in the classroom and I was coaching somebody who was in tears because of their fears of, of um, trying to get up and speak in front of a group and, and just more relating to them more as a human being and helping them and other people in the class, encouraging them and coaching them to a point where when a certain time period had passed, they felt elevated and their performance, you know, was increased and they, those fears went away. And um, I felt that to be so rewarding mm. that, um, you know, there's just nothing like it when you're, when you're really able to help somebody. And I think encouragement, like I, just as I was encouraged is one of the greatest gifts we can give someone. And you're so brilliant at doing that. I've seen you do that in so many different occasions. In fact, just yesterday, you and I were talking about a project we're working on where you reached out to someone and really encouraged them and and they pulled through and they did some amazing things with it during a training program and it was really neat to see that i think you really have a unique gift there oh thank you dave um thank you so much yeah it was it was somebody who was very discouraged and then once he got the award for really doing a good job after some some just minor coaching his attitude changed you know a hundredfold and that was very exciting to see yeah i think the thing that you really bring nance is is just a an incredible drive to want to help people. And, and that, that central thing of what you brought from your previous work and bring to Dale Carnegie is just really neat. And I, you know, one of the things that we talked about was, okay, what do you do, you know, when you're trying to survive through, you know, and succeed through some unexpected changes, how to work through those obstacles. And you have hit obstacles along the way too, in your career, even in the last few years that you didn't, necessarily expect when sure. when all this happened mm -hmm. you, you know you, we, that whole change of coming to Dale <laughs> Carnegie was was an expected change you know you made right. that choice to do that but then there were things that happened that were unexpected um and I know one of them was a big change as far as business and, and a, a big account you were working with yeah for what several, happened with that well for several years I uh, was working with a with a big account uh, probably for five straight years and all of a sudden they took some 360 degree changes and and they weren't there anymore and Again, it was a time where, what do I do? You know, do, do I leave? Do I move on with Del Carnegie? And my uh, sponsor at the time was so encouraging. Again, there's that word encouragement. Mm. And um, said, you know, you're going to have a future here. Um, this is going to work out. And because I s hung in there, and he refers to it as bounce back ability, uh -huh. um, 
maybe it took maybe about a year later, a year and a half later that I moved into another great account. But if I would have given up at that moment, then I, I still wouldn't be in this good position of today. So again, it goes back to that persistence and that patience and that trust that, that we're going to get through this. Um, and another thing that really is helpful to me is I surround myself in my home and everywhere with inspirations and affirmations. You do. And that's so helpful. And, um, and it, and, and there, it's very meaningful and it, it gives me that, that, um, that confidence and that motivation to, to hang in there and ride the, ride the wave. Those of us who've been fortunate to work with Nancy a lot over the years, uh, you know, we, we sometimes poke fun at you because of all the quotes <laughs> you have around. And, and yet you, it is so a part of who you are of not only creating great environments, but also creating that for others. And I'm thinking just of the amount of times you've written a poem for me Aww. or for other people. I know you, that was part of the work you did in the airlines was you would, when there was recognition events, you were, you would just come in and write poems for people about their work and and I just like, what a brilliant thing that is to do that you create an environment where you're inspired by. Uh, and, and I'm just, is that just natural who you are? Or is there something, <laughs> do you think like, do you think to do that in a real strategic way, like of, of really creating environments? Like how, what goes through your mind as far as doing that? Well, there's a certain creative element that I want to satisfy and writing a poem is just so enjoyable and so fun. But the benefit is really more for the other person because in mm. that poem, it identifies a strength about that person. And when we're identifying people's strengths, that they see things in a different light and it strengthens the relationship, but it also makes that person feel good about themselves. And, you know, those kind of gifts are, um, are things that you can't find underneath a, a Christmas tree. <laughs> they're, they're invaluable and, um, and it goes back to how important it is to recognize others. I know one of the things as far as obstacles is also walking through and, and handling the personal obstacles and even health obstacles. And I know sure. you've had some that come up in the last few years. What advice do you have for people who are at that point where you know they've hit a few obstacles in a row and they just are feeling discouraged and feeling like they're not going to pull through? And I know there's people in our audience who are, are going through that right now. Um, what advice would you have? Well, first of all, it's don't give in to the obstacle. Don't let the obstacle win. Uh, because the way life is, there's always going to be those obstacles. So we find a way to overcome them despite what's happening. And um, I can remember I, I was in a situation where I had um, a neck injury. And I was so frustrated because I couldn't, I wanted to do my work and, and I didn't want to lose uh, any time on anything. So I found out that I could get a lot done on my back. So I laid on my back and I put the headsets on and I had the little computer on, on my, um, on my uh, chest. And I felt that I was able to make all of my calls and my sales calls and my coaching calls. And I felt so good at the end of the day, even though I couldn't sit up, you know, so. And you were literally flat on your back for two or three weeks. I remember you had this injury and, and I would get calls from you and letters. And it was, it was amazing. I mean, your, your resilience, your grit is just unbelievable. Well, um, thank you, Dave. It's working with people like you and working with a strong team. That's so encouraging. And, uh, when we find those little successes and we see that we can do things, even though, you know, we don't allow it to hold us back. We, we, um, 
it gives us a lot of courage and confidence to overcome those obstacles. So, so my advice is don't give into the obstacle, ride the wave. Mm, and so finding and finding some small successes is key too, of getting that starting point of getting some successes under your belt. Um, and, and I'm curious what advice you'd have for us on mentors too. You've mentioned mentors a couple of times in our conversation. Um, for those who may not have a mentor, maybe not have, or maybe just not even have an informal one, what, what do you suggest? What should, what should we be doing to look out for those mentors in our lives? Well, first of all, it's find someone in your life that you really admire that maybe you would like to do the same thing that that person's doing. So find a way to ask that person questions and um, almost interview people on what their opinion is of success. Um, another um, advice I, I, um, I've learned through the years is what's not in my vocabulary is the word lose. Because a lot of people think if I, if I fail at something, I, I can't, you know, it, it, they lose the confidence to get back up. Mm. And so even if we technically lose at something, we don't lose, if we don't lose the lesson, then we're ahead of ourselves because we're learning something valuable that's going to help us in the next situation, in the next situation. So the advice is forget about the word lose, just don't lose the lesson. Uh, And a lot of mentors have given me those types of lessons that have brought me hope and um, the motivation to keep moving to that next level. And when I think about just about anyone I know, Nancy, that I put in the category of successful, they have, they've had big mistakes. They've lost things at times and have learned from them and used those as springboards for whatever was next in their lives and their careers. Yes. And, you know, just like for a lot of us, one, one life is not enough. Well, you know, we only have one life, so there's going to be those bumps along the road. But if we can embrace them as lessons and not as negative obstacles, it will help keep us more centered in a positive mindset. Easy to say and hard to do some days. It is. It It is. It is. It's hard to do. I, I'm curious before I let you go, what's one thing that you have learned about yourself along the way through all this transition, through being through a couple of different careers, what's something you've learned about yourself that's helped you be successful and lead and influence others? Well, one of the things is to stop fretting so much. And I'll never forget when my mother used to say to me, Nancy, every minute we fret, we lose 60 seconds of happiness. Mm. And that was a powerful lesson for me because, you know, it's hard when you're a worry ward. It's kind of hard to uh, overcome that obstacle. But um, the less I can, ex- the less fretting I do and a more acceptance of things, it gives me more that that peace, that feeling of peace. Because I realize that negative thinking, whether we broadcast broadcast our views or keep them silent, it never makes the world a better place to live. It frequently runs a perfectly, it, per, it frequently ruins a perfectly good day. So I, I've learned a lot about, you know, being a mentor to myself and, and not mm. being so hard on myself and knowing that there's a purpose. Take your hands off the steering wheel and get through the ride. It's interesting how leadership and influencing others really does come down to how we lead ourselves, isn't it? Exactly. That's very important. So um, one of the things that I've, I've learned is that the happiest people don't necessarily have the best of everything. They just 
make the best of everything. And I think that's what's mm. really helped me get through all the changes in my life. I'm really grateful you came in to share a bit of your story. You are a great inspiration to me and so many of the people that we've worked with over the years. And you know, one of the things that I, I always uh, really appreciate about you, Nancy, is that you have this ability to walk into a room and just light it up and, <laughs> and, Thank you. and take care of people. And I, and I think that this is a good reminder for all of us and something I've really learned from you is to know on the teams and the projects we work on, all of us, is to really to recognize the strengths of our other team members because you and I will walk into a room and I'll meet one person and you'll be best friends with 30 people oh. by the time <laughs> we, we leave. And that's a real value and it's not something I'm good at. And so your ability to do that well is is great. And so it, the ability to really pick up on our strengths and utilize our strengths well, I think, is is really key. And, and and as leaders, knowing that about our teams is really key too. Absolutely. Nancy Santarelli is the vice president at Dale Carnegie of Southern Los Angeles, and much more importantly, a dear friend. Nancy, thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having me, Dave. We'd love you to join the conversation from this episode as well about how you succeeded through unexpected change. And the best way to do that is to go on the show notes on the website and add in your comment, question, feedback, story. We'd love to hear it. And Nancy will jump into the conversation too, I'm sure. You can go to coachingforleaders.com slash 99. That will get you to the show notes for this episode. You can also call in feedback to me anytime at 949-38-LEARN. Or of course, you can reach me by email as well at feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Hey, episode number 100 is next week. It's the two-year anniversary of the show. And I am so grateful for so many of you who have already reached out with contributions on episode 100 the show is going to be about you, your success stories, and lessons from our community members. And so I really want to feature you. And I know some of you are out there thinking, oh, I have another week. I have another week. I have a few more days. Okay, the time is now. <laughs> it's just a few days away. The deadline is August 1st, 2013, so just a few days away. So here's what you need to do. If you have gained something of value from this show over time, or maybe you just have a leadership story you'd like to share that you think would be valuable for our, our audience to hear, I would love to include it. So there's two ways you can do that. The first way, uh, especially if you're here in the States, the easiest way to uh, just do it quickly is to hop onto the phone and leave a message on our voicemail feedback hotline. Uh, you have up to three minutes to do it, and it's at 949-38-LEARN. So just hop on the phone there. You can record a contribution. The other way, maybe even easier, is you can go to coachingforleaders.com slash speak. And you can submit it right by computer. And you've got three minutes to do it there as well, too. And if you decide to uh, leave a message about something you've gained from the show, just uh, tell us what's one thing you've discovered listening to the show over the last 100 episodes or however many you've listened to. How'd you apply it? And what was the result you got? And again, the deadline is August 1st, 2013. So that's coming up this Thursday. I would love to include your contribution. So please do include it. And I can't wait to include so much uh, feedback from this community next week and lots more coming then after episode 100 as well. Got lots of big plans and looking forward to sharing them with you. So I also want to say a big thank you to CP Rangarian, Darlene Mack, Yuan Tian, 
uh, Michelle Meyer, Dennis Chow, Christina Alsop. Thank you for the nice message, Christina, by the way. And Jesus Marco for subscribing to my weekly article this past week. I publish an article each week that will give you a booster shot between shows on how to lead better by giving you actionable advice to improve your communications, human relations, or personal productivity. The same types of things I talk about on this show every week. If you'd like to receive it in your inbox weekly, just go to coachingforleaders.com slash subscribe. Plus, you'll get instant access to my downloadable guide on 10 books that will make you a better leader. So that's a great thing to check out as well, too. Hey, I look forward to seeing you next week for episode number 100. Have a great week. And as always, if there's anything I can do for you or any comments or questions you have about the show, send me a message, feedback at coachingforleaders.com. Have a great week, everyone. See you next week.